0: Welcome to the tuscarawas county anti-drug coalition podcast bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in tuscarawas county now here's your host jody salvo hi this is jody salvo welcome to another tuscarawas county anti-drug coalition podcast first i just want to say to listeners i hope you had a wonderful holiday season and you're excited about 2021 and uh, i'm I'm thinking 2021 is going to be much better in 2020, right, Natalie? I'm not sure it can be worse. (laughs) Okay, there you go. So listen, um, we're going to start 2021 off with a series of podcasts, and they're going to be called What I Wish Someone Had Told Me. So our special guest today is Natalie Bolin. I think you all have seen her face here before, if you're familiar with Tuscarawas County. She's definitely one of those movers and shakers Um, that just makes Tuscarora County a great place to live. Um, She's also, she's executive director of the Adams Board, the Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board, but she is the coordinator of the Addiction Task Force here in Tuscarora County. Um, So with that, you know, I'll just start with Natalie, and she can explain a little bit why we're picking this series what I wish someone had told me, and what we hope to share through the series. And today, we're going to be talking about our resources here in the community around addiction. Okay. So, Natalie, thank welcome. You, thank you, thank you, Jody. Um, I, I this is this is such
1: an important topic to me. Um, I was at a class with my daughter probably 18 months ago, and a parent and I were talking, and the parent said was talking about her adult son and how he was in the middle of addiction, and they didn't know where to turn, and then they didn't know who to call. And I'm so embedded in the field that I could think of five numbers that she could call. And I thought um, we had done a good enough job that the community was aware of the numbers to call, um, whether it's to begin treatment or just where do I even start. Mm -hmm. And it really disturbed me that as an Adams director, we had still had people in the community who didn't know where to begin for for either treatment or just information when they had a loved one with an addiction. And that kind of stuck with me for a while, and we went to our, an addiction task force meetings, and and one of the attendees there said that one of the group topics that she completed um, with the individuals who were working through recovery into sobriety, what the topic for the group was, what do I wish that someone had told me? And I just really thought that was genius because when you come on the other side of a trauma or an addiction Mm -hmm. or just a really tough time, you have perspective and insight and wisdom that you don't have in the middle of it and you didn't have before that happened. So um, I really love that the Addiction Task Force grabbed onto this. Mm -hmm. I love that you are taking the lead on this. I think this has the potential to be um, really significant for our community.
0: Natalie, and when you were speaking on that issue, it kind of reminds me like when the vaping issue arose here in the community, those that are boots on the ground, that's all we talk about. What are the resources? What's the information? Mm -hmm. How do we share this? And we feel like we're disseminating it all over the place. And yet people don't receive it until they need it. And I think this issue is very similar to this, you know, When you're in the field, you just feel like, oh, we have this plethora of resources. We have the best teams and agencies and organizations working on this. But when you're out in the community and you're not faced with this issue, even if you hear those agency names or those topics, it just doesn't resonate with you. So a lot of times I think, you know, if you're not looking for that service, it kind of falls on deaf ears. So when we're in the field, you know, we're like, oh my goodness, we have this, this, and this. So when we're trying to pump out the information, I think sometimes it's just difficult to know how and, you know, how do we share this into the community? How do we make it a conversation that community members can share with other people in case they're not interfacing with the agencies and organizations? So I also was sitting at that same addiction task force meeting. I'm like, okay, this totally makes sense. Because so many times we've met with parents of, of people that are struggling in addiction or, you know, just involved in this process and they're like, yeah, we didn't know where to turn, you know? So if we can really mobilize the community, arm them with this information, and then we can just share this as community members and residents of the county, I think we will be much more successful because we have the resources And I think you hit the nail on the head.
1: We have a tremendous system of care and we really have committed providers and clinicians Mm -hmm. whose heart is in the right place. They are really in this to help people move toward healing and recovery. Um, So that exists. Whether people know to the extent that we want them to know, regardless that the good services and the good system still exist. I think the other thing um, that I always try to convey, and I wanna get this out at the beginning of okay. the podcast, is it's not even necessarily the community's job to, to know the resources which is why I always put the Adams board out there that if you don't know where to go, call us because it's our job as a board to know what's available in the community and what hits your insurance and what based on you or your loved one's addiction is the best beginning route. Um, We don't expect the community to to know every avenue and every possible answer to a a question related to addiction, just knowing a place or two to start. And I think that's One of our biggest goals in this first initial podcast.
0: Now, Adams Board, the other thing about the behavioral health field, we deal in acronyms Mm -hmm. and sometimes things that we might say might not even make sense to you all. So can you explain the Adams Board's role in a community?
1: That's a really great point. Um, The Adams Board doesn't provide services. We're not allowed by, by law to provide direct treatment services. Um, our job is to develop services. So if we find that there's a need, you know, Jody mentioned vaping. If, if if the community sees that there's a specific need and an agency hasn't already moved forward with developing it, like GuideStone has, then it's the board jo- board's job to kind of rally the troops in the community and the providers to make that happen. We're a funder. Um, we get levy dollars. You know, the the county so graciously just passed our levy in November. Um, and we get state and federal dollars, and those dollars flow through us to our treatment agencies, to our anti-drug coalition. Um, So our job is to make sure that our county has a system of care to impact any need. So when I talk about Adams being the first point um, potentially of contact, it's not that we get business from it. We, We certainly can't. We we can't provide service. It's that we want to provide kind of a map or some steps for our community to get to our providers to meet their needs.
0: Sure. And you're talking about a map. That is something that we're also working on right now here in the County, um, is having a single point of contact and that will be a future podcast of what that looks like. Cause it's kind of underway right now. Correct. Did you want to say anything about that? I do.
1: I'm so excited okay. about this and I'm like, I won't take that whole podcasts, um, Steam, but we were able to get a grant um, and Ohio Guidestone has developed a line that's going to be called a single point of entry line. And the person answering that phone, I believe it's a her, her job is to walk individuals from that phone call through the steps to get the person into treatment services. Um, So it's not just an information line. It's not just phone numbers. It's a phone call back in an hour or the next day or in two days, how is it going? Did you make, were you able to make contact? I found an appointment for you at 10 o'clock. We're able to get your loved one into detox on this day. And that person walks with you from that initial phone call until he or she can hand you off to the treatment provider. And I really feel like that's going to be a game changer and it's almost up and running.
0: It really is going to be a game changer Mm -hmm. because one of the hardest things is, when you're in the trauma of the situation mm-hmm. of who do I call and what do I do, the last thing you need is to get an automated system or not really knowing are you calling the right person or not even knowing what to ask for initially. So when you right. have someone that just can walk beside you and stick in there with you and ensure that you get the services you need.
1: Or even when you get an answer. And I know when I'm in the middle of stress, if someone is telling me important information, if I'm in a doctor's office and they're telling me important information, I'm nodding and I'm like, yes, I've got it. And then I leave and I was so stressed. I have no idea (laughs) what they said because That's how our body reacts to stress. So just having this person walk alongside a family or an individual, I I just, I am I'm so excited to bring this to our communities.
0: Nice. So that will be a future podcast, and I would say probably within the next month or so, this single point of contact, what's the number, what's the process, what does this look like? But for right now, if someone had a loved one that was struggling with addiction, or if someone's struggling, what do they do?
1: You know, you and I were talking a little bit about what we call in our world levels of care. Okay. Um, And and what that basically means is there is different intensity of treatment services. And the way that I kind of explain this is you don't put a Band-Aid on a broken bone. That's not going to fix it. Band-Aids are a very effective um, medical treatment for certain things, but not for the things that are at that higher level. And that's kind of what the level of care system is. The more significant and severe the addiction is, the higher of level of care that an, in, that an individual needs to go to. So detox, going to a facility, spending three, five, seven days there until the drugs are out of the system, that's going to be the highest level of care. That next level is going to be something like residential treatment, where an individual um, goes and lives somewhere 30, 60, 90 days until they're able to develop those personal skills um, so that when they are back in the community independently, they know how to handle those cravings and being approached by some of the old contacts. Um, Then sometimes you step down into an intensive group. That can be three times a week, four times a week. Then you may go to individual counseling. The plan isn't the same for everyone. It really is individualized based on what that individual needs. But I think that's one of the most important things to talk about. And one of those, I wish somebody had let me know that you need to match the correct level of care to the level of addiction. I have people say to me, he's been in treatment three or four times and it just doesn't work. And what I'll always say to them is, where did they start? Well, we, we started him in counseling and he was going every other week once a week for an hour. That doesn't surprise me that that didn't work because based on his level of addiction, three years, two, three times a day, hundreds of thousands of dollars in in money lost toward drugs, once a week, every other week, isn't going to match that level of addiction. It's putting a Band-Aid on that broken bone. So making sure that your loved one is adequately assessed to figure out that correct first step is vital or they're going to... Potentially not be successful and you're going to be disappointed and feel like you're throwing your hands up in the air.
0: No wonder you're the executive director of our Adams Board, because that was probably the best explanation of level of care and need and matching that I've ever heard. Which which is is wonderful because Thanks, Jody. I'm kind of at a lot of conferences and training. So we are done. (laughs) So Who would give someone that guidance of what is the best level of care?
1: So there are really general conversations that you can have on the phone. And whether it's with the staff at the Adams Board or whether it's the single point um, of entry navigator that we had talked about, they can answer some general questions. But really, the only way to know what is the best level of care to start with is by having an assessment by someone that is trained to do it again you wouldn't go to your um you know neighborhood person that has all of the band-aids if you have a broken bone you want to go to someone that really specializes in what that concern is so you want to start with a professional assessment
0: i thought i brought a resource that i didn't bring here i was i do have a little magnet of that we kind of promote is, okay, where do we go get those assessments mm-hmm. here in our community? And uh, that is something that when we um, set out this podcast that we will share also, where are those agencies that you get an assessment?
1: And I, I think that's a great point I that you that. Just, I brought just brought up. It's in my car. <laughs>
0: because I
1: say assessment, and I think that that makes sense, because to me, I, I live in that world. And I'm wondering if the people watching this, what how do they have any idea what an assessment is? Yeah. So when I say assessment, and we talk about assessment in our field, it's a diagnostic assessment. And what that means is, um, depending on where you go, it's probably 10 pages of questions. Um, and they look at your family history, your amount of use, how you have moved, from sometimes drugs um, that have less addictive qualities that drugs, to drugs that have tremendously addictive qualities. Um, so that but they'll talk to you. They ask questions. You tell your story about your path of addiction. And that assessing of where you are and where you've come from is what guides them to your recommendation. Any agency in the community, any agency in the state, can complete an assessment and all you have to do if you're interested in this is call and say, I would like an assessment for drug and alcohol services. Sure.
0: So um, in our community, community mental health, Ohio Guidestone, Guiding Grace, those are all some agencies that could be a nice starting point correct. here. Now let me New ask- New
1: Life in Dover. Life, correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyone else you want to, because mm-hmm. I don't want
1: to- Chrysalis. Yes. Well, they don't do not do They do drug and alcohol treatment.
0: Okay. So again, you can call the Adams Board and they'll have a full list. And the other thing that we do have is we have a directory of service. This is a hard copy, but we have online directory of services. It would be attached to the Adams Board um, website. And I'm going to say that one first, but we have access to us. We have 211 United Way. But to keep it as clear as possible in this series we're going to have on what I wish someone had told me, we're going to steer everything to the Adams Board website. Which is A D A M H T
1: C dot org.
0: They really needed to do a better job with the Adams Board acronym years I ago. I know. I know. We're, it, we're we're in we're in it now. <laughs> and it's just not Tuscoras County. The word Adams is all across to Ohio in our boards and counties. So we all struggle across from Ohio. People going, Adam? Who's Adam? Yeah. You know, so He has a board? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyways, we're going to say if you go to the Adams board, they'll have a directory of service um, that you very easy to search. in. it's not just counseling services. It would be food correct. and financial yeah. resource and everything else.
1: On our homepage, on the Adams board homepage, um, I, I looked at it real quickly before I came just to make sure I was going to be correct, but... On the um, tag on the line at the top of the website, and then as well in the middle of the website is a big block that says treatment services. Okay. And you click it, and it gives all the the names and numbers of at least the agencies that we contract with as a board. But um, like Jody said, we also have a tab for our services directory, and that has every agency in the county that provides treatment services.
0: Now, Natalie, um, sometimes I receive phone calls, and I'm sure you all do. Saturday night, it's ten o'clock. Someone saying, Okay, my loved one is ready now. Mm-hmm. They want to get clean, they want services, they want to go to rehab now. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest to those people?
1: Well, we have two options um, because we all know time is of the essence whenever someone is ready for services. So option number one is to begin at the ER. Um, We want to make sure most places won't accept an individual while they're actively under the influence. They have to be... They have to be out of the active state of intoxication um, before they will be able to accept them. So typically, an ER is a good place to start. The ER has social workers that are available to help facilitate placement. Option number two is going to be uh, our crisis line at Community Mental Health Care. And they have individuals there as well that can help assess individuals and help facilitate placements into detox. Now, I'm not going to pretend. It's going to be seamless. And I'm not going to pretend we're going to run into bumps because um, there are times when places are full, Mm -hmm. or especially right now, there are times when we have COVID outbreaks and they're not accepting any new patients. Um, Sometimes it feels like we're beating our head against the wall to try to get individuals help. But I, I, I want to say that if you have a loved one in that position, call, because we will keep trying to bust down walls to get that individual into services.
0: And Natalie, um, would you recommend to listeners, if they're trying to get services, to still reach out to the Adams Board if they're struggling um, to get placement? Because there's probably places you all contract with here for a county that might make reentry a little bit easier. And I say that because sometimes I ran into people that kind of try to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. They have an insurance card. They... Inpatient rehab's covered, and then they go do a Google search and find something maybe in Florida or something. And then the problem we might have then Mm -hmm. is they're in Florida and they want to come back to Tuscaras County, and that Florida rehab might not be familiar with who we are, um, where the expertise lies in our county. And then how to bring someone back in in the best way possible? Is oh, that that's true?
1: Such an important point. Okay, that's such an important point. And you know, keeping with that that medical analogy, if you significantly break your arm and you're in a cast, potentially like detox, when your cast comes off, you go to physical therapy. You don't go start playing tennis right yeah. away. Um, so when you're at that high level of care, like a detox, especially if it's somewhere out of state, you need to go down to that next level, that physical therapy level, to get your functioning back. And the The very worst thing that happens in most situations is someone comes back from an either far away in Ohio service or out of state service, and they're at home for a week and a half, and the family then decides to call and get um, an appointment for treatment. And then sometimes it might take a week, a week and a half to get into treatment, Mm -hmm. and there, the individual has two and a half weeks under their belt, um, really trying to keep it together when... It should be seamless and it should be from return to the community directly into um, an appropriate and appropriate level of care when you get back. And that
0: is how success happens. And I would almost venture to say, and I could be wrong on this, like our county kind of has a philosophy, a treatment kind of mindset, which could be different from other places in the state or the country. So sometimes by starting here we can kind of move you through a process or help guide you through a process that makes sense by our treatment of care. Does that make sense?
1: You know, I, I almost hesitate with the way I'm going to say this because I don't, correct me if it comes okay. out wrong, but um, what, I, what I'm thinking as you're saying that is we really do kind of own our community if you want to be owned. yeah. So if you are someone who wants help with treatment services, we're going to walk you through. If you are someone who's happened to go out of state for detox and come back, we're still going to sure, own, absolutely own, own your, your help, own walking you through those levels of care. We really don't care how you get to us as a system of care
0: or glad you're reaching out
1: for help. And we're going to walk you through no matter where you start or where you've been.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, Just trying to think of different questions that I get from people from time to time. How about if a person has overdosed and the quick response team knocks on your door, um, whether it's the person that overdosed or their family, what does that process look like? Because that's definitely another way into the system Mm -hmm. here in the county. The the quick
1: response team is another thing I'm so proud of in Tuscarawas County, and and it got a lot of publicity and attention in the beginning, and they have kept doing um, tremendous work every week since, but the the publicity has died down. So let's give them some attention. Well, I'll
0: tell you what, that needs to be a podcast, so we'll bring the quick response team in in case that's an unfamiliar term to y'all. You go ahead. No, go ahead and tell us just a little bit about the Quick Response Team.
1: So the Quick Response Team um, really was a statewide initiative when we saw people um, dying at alarming rates based on opiate overdose. Um, And so this began in Hamilton County in southern Ohio, and it worked so well that they presented it across the state. And the idea of the Quick Response Team is um, we have individuals that are able to access 911 database. And so every time there's an individual that has an opiate overdose um, a member of the quick response team gets the printout gets notification and then once a week a team of a new philadelphia ems a, fi- a, a fireman and emergency responder and a counselor and a peer supporter um, go to a, to the individual's home the address on record of the individual that overdosed and they knock on the door and ideally, the individual that had the overdose experience answers, and they're able to talk with him or her about um, our treatment services, about detox, about getting them from their home into help. Um, sometimes it's the family member that answers the door. And we talk a lot about addiction being a family disease. Just because the individual that overdosed isn't the one answering the door doesn't mean that there's not a lot of need from that family member who answered the door. And not only is there support for that family member in support groups and Al-Anon and Naranon in our community, um, but we want that individual to know what resources he or she has to help their loved one as well. At the very minimum, the quick response team leaves a packet of information, an invitation to please call, or please let us reach back out to you, um, and then they'll make another visit. They'll go back.
0: So it does a couple things. It first shows the intent of our law enforcement and our EMS that there's nothing punitive here. Like, we understand addiction is a disease process, and we want people to get help. The second, that QRT team really is able to get people into placement if that's where they want to be working Correct. with the board. Um, and then the third is just that we're actively responding to what's going on in the community. So right. that's it's just a beautiful thing. But I just kind of want to throw that out there as well because it's another way to get help and services. And, you know, if you have someone that overdosed or if you do, to not be fearful of that knocking on the door because it is truly – um, the most altruistic, hey, here, really here you are, you know, we, we want to help. So that's another thing. So then other levels of care, we do have a sober living, men's, uh, women's halfway house. So we do have more levels of care, I think, than people realize. Um, and I think we've also thrown way more information than anyone can digest at one time right now. So what I'd like to say, our upcoming podcast on the series, I think we're going to see Natalie here quite often in the next couple of weeks um, to just join providers here at the table or family members, um, because you have had the privilege of being at the Adams Board for how long now? I really have. It really
1: has been a privilege. Um, I'm almost at
0: 15 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> Is it? Don't, it's not that long, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> well, the neat thing about it is Natalie has had the opportunity before even being an executive director, kind of be that person that's answering the phone call. So she has had a lot of contact with persons, with family members. And often, you know, I'll be at a community event and I'll hear someone say, it was Natalie. You know, she she kind of met us where we were at and kind of walked, walked persons through these steps. Um, and it's beautiful because a lot of times you, you just hear about people in the midst of the addiction, but we also have the privilege of seeing people thrive and have healthy mm-hmm. lives after addiction. Um, so we understand you need the, res- the resources and the support and recovery support, and we have those here in the county. So our desire is to point people in the right direction to get the help that, and support that's needed for that person in addiction and for the whole family. Like okay. you just said, it, it's a family disease. So the young people... Um, parents, caregivers, spouses, friends, you know, kind of the whole gamut of anyone that's touching someone struggling with addiction.
1: And again, not, not to overwhelm, um, the people that are watching this, but I've seen over the last three, four years our recovery community has just flourished. It's and fun. They are. They're fun and they're supportive and they're active and they're uh, just drop everything for someone. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just tremendous to see the amount of, of love and support and experience that they give each other.
0: Neat. Okay. So on that note, takeaways today is if you are looking for services or to figure out where to start, call the Adams board or go to the Adams board website
1: until that single point of entry navigator comes. You're always welcome to call the Adams board, but that person is really, I I don't want to make it sound like don't call the Adams board. Always call the Adams board. You're always welcome to call us. But that single point of entry, I think is really what we're going to push for the community as a starting point for anyone that has an addiction issue.
0: And as Natalie says that right now we have a couple billboards up in the County that direct you to, Hey, you know, if you need help, call the board, but what you're, or is it crisis a crisis line, line mm-hmm. crisis line. Um, but those billboards will be changing probably within mm-hmm. the next month to go to that st- single point of contact person. So um, that'll be changing over the next couple months. Um, but.
1: And the crisis line is always available okay. as well.
0: Adam's board, crisis line, then we'll have a single point of contact. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to just be talking about our recovery community, our quick response team, um, how people kind of fell into addiction. And and I do mean fall into addiction. You have a real injury. You're taking prescription medications. You find yourself now addicted to medication. So there's, there's just so many facets of addiction um, that we, we're just going to have some conversations about and kind of give those, what do you wish someone would have told you? when you know kind of looking past so that's kind of the direction we're going to be going so Natalie any last words I just I'm
1: thrilled that you're doing this
0: and I'm thrilled for the community
1: and you know I Jody always begins podcasts by um heaping kudos on her guest but I just I hope the community knows and I hope those of you that are watching the podcast understand um the level of commitment expertise heart Uh, um, you're always sweet
0: well it's true Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Natalie. Listen, thank you all for listening. I hope you join us next week. And uh, just thanks. See you next week. Thank you. <laughs> hey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.